the products that you tend to be the most interested in are the products that you tend to get introduced to on a much more personal level. Your friend got one of these or their friend got one and you're over visiting them. And so you, you see it and you touch it and they talk about it and they describe it. This is Swarfcast. I'm Noah Graff. On today's episode, we continue our season talking about companies who produce their own products. Our guest is George Brewa, founder of Dynavap, a company that produces a unique type of vaporizer using index multi-spindles and CNC Swiss lathes. George says that one of the keys to the company's success is growing and nurturing a community of passionate customers. Looking for a screw machine, rotary transfer machine, or CNC machine? Graf Pinkert's got you covered. When you're buying any used machine, you're taking a risk. So it's important to buy from someone who knows their stuff and who is going to give you straight information about what you're buying. Graf Pinkert is a family-owned firm that's been dedicated to selling great machine tools to the turn parts industry for 75 years. It specializes in the top multi-spindle brands, including Index, Schutte, Gildemeister, Tornos, ZPS, Acme, and Wickman. They also sell a variety of other types of used equipment, such as CNC Swiss, CNC turning centers, and parts washers. Machine tools are complicated. If you're going to buy one, you should go to people who are knowledgeable and committed to the industry. Learn more at www.graphpinkert.com. That's www.graffpinkert.com. I am honored to be with George Brewa, founder of Dynavap. He is actually um, returning to the show. He was such an interesting guest before, and I thought that his company worked in well with this season about products. So I had to have him back. So welcome, George. Thank you, Noah. So today we're going to focus on promoting a product and not just any kind of product, but a product that is new to many people. So first of all, George, for those of us who don't know what Dynavap is, I want to get people a good knowledge of what you guys make and how you make it because, you know, it's, it's machined on indexes, on traubs, on citizens. So, you know, this is our people. It's not just another product. So just give us a a brief summary of what you guys make, how you guys make it, and then we'll jump off into this topic. So if we start with this, this is... And remember, most of the people are are just listening to it, so I need you to be very descriptive. This is our VapCap M, okay? Cardboard packaging, completely renewable, no plastics, no metal, just very simple. Fits in your pocket, and it's also reusable as a carrying case. Inside the device, uh, some people might call it a pen. uh, Some people might call it a vaporizer. We prefer to call it a selective thermal extraction tool or just a thermal extraction device. Uh, It functions very simply by uh, removing the temperature indicating cap, placing the material that you're looking to thermally extract any variety of active compounds from in the extraction chamber, replacing the cap, and then applying your choice of 
a wide range of various portable heat sources. You know, in this situation, I can use a lighter and I can just heat this device up, kind of rotate it uh, for even heating. And when the device gets up to temperature, it clicks just like that. Mm -hmm. We also have some other heating uh, options. Uh, this one's kind of fun. We just launched this one this year. This is a, a little portable battery powered induction heater. Just, I, I, we've been a little bit abstract uh, for the listeners. So just to clarify, this is, if you want to smoke a substance, I mean, that's one way to consume a substance that you'd be smoking it. You could put it in a pipe, you right. could, you know, make a cigarette out of it. And this is, you know, it's for, it's for smoking. Uh, uh, it's, it's a smoking alternative device to be more. A smoking alternative. Yes. Right. So uh, and I think it's really important that we just maybe uh, maybe diverged for just a few seconds because there's a huge difference between thermal extraction and smoking. Uh, smoking is, ah, uh, there's some active compounds in that plant and I would like to consume them. Let's light it on fire and burn it and we'll inhale some of those active compounds that then get vaporized in the process of combustion along with a whole bunch of other incomplete combustion byproducts. Or we use a thermal extraction device. We put that same material in there. We heat it up above the temperature at which those active compounds evaporate. And we simply extract those active compounds and we leave everything else behind with very minimal uh, chemical changes to a lot of the desirable things that are in there and no incomplete combustion byproducts. So I'm not that familiar exactly with the, the health aspects. When you consume... Uh, something that you would normally smoke with your product with a Dynavap pen. Is that detrimental to somebody's health at all? Is it bad for somebody's lungs any worse than just, than just, than just breathing normal air? Uh, you mean using one of these devices or, or smoke? Yeah. Using one of those devices. Uh, it, it really depends on how you utilize it and what materials you're putting in. You know, of course, everything in moderation, right? Is alcohol toxic? Uh, a tablespoon? No. Uh, a liter? Eh, probably, right? Is it harmful to somebody's lungs still or just less harmful than, than smoke? And, and that's, that's the direction that I tend to uh, favor. Is it what we're doing is we're still extracting the same compounds that someone would be consuming if they're smoking. What we're not doing is we're not creating the incomplete combustion byproducts, the tars, uh, a lot of the heavy resins, as well as you know, the carbon monoxide is in a lot of the other particulate matter and ash and things that are produced when you're burning a substance. Okay. The the detriment to your health is very likely to be substantially uh, more harmful when you're burning the substance for extraction versus just simply heating it. Uh, the best comparison that I, I like to use is uh, if you're going to bake some cookies, for example, right? You mix up your cookie batter, you put it on a cookie sheet, and you put it in the oven. When you bake cookies, you can smell the cookies. And what you're smelling is basically the various compounds that have now evaporated. Some of them have changed slightly because of the heat, and now they're in a you know, more vaporized form, so you can smell them. They're in being distributed throughout your house. When you put materials into one of our devices, what this really is, this is just a small oven. And this cap protects that oven from a flame if you're using flame as a heat source versus an induction heater so you don't light it on fire. And the cap also has a thermostat so it indicates when 
your oven is at a good baking temperature for the materials that you're putting in here. So then you're basically just going to be breathing or smelling whatever it is that's evaporating off of the material that you're baking. So in the same regard that uh, smelling baking cookies or a cup of hot tea is generally not considered to be harmful, uh, breathing in some of the aromas from baking various plants is generally not concerned or considered to be harmful. So, okay. That was, uh, that, that was a, an interesting explanation. So now I want you to further, further describe the product and how you're making it. Okay. And then we'll go further. So we start with raw stock and uh, for these parts, for example, we have all of our stock kind of custom drawn at the mill. So we're starting with a near net shape and size tube stock of a couple of different uh, variations, a much thicker wall tube that we make uh, the tip out of and a thinner wall that we make the stem, which is this part. Mm -hmm. So you can look through it. Yeah. And another very thin wall tube that we use for what we call the condenser, this little part. So all said and done, try and hold this up so you can see it. Four main parts for this device. Why don't you, yeah, show us, show us some of the, the, the newest innovative products you've, you've been coming up with now, along with the basics. The, the first product that I was showing and demonstrating with this, this is our 2020 M. Uh, I'm just going to reassemble it. Uh, it's made up, like we mentioned earlier, four uh, components. The construction is pretty straightforward in the regard that you don't need tools to assemble or disassemble this product. Mm -hmm. Very straightforward in terms of how it works. That's what we call our phantom color. Nice gray. We also have this one, which we call rosium, which is a nice wow. blend of pink and gold and blue and even a little bit of green. Uh, and how do you do the color? Do you anodize it? No. So this is produced through a process called PVD or physical vapor deposition. I'm sure that uh, a number of the companies that make parts are aware of that process, especially mm -hmm. if you have CNC machines, because I'd be willing to bet that probably upwards of 50 to 70% of all the carbide cutting tools you're using your machine have a PVD coating on them. Okay. And that's actually where we started looking uh, when we wanted to get some coatings, uh, contacted some companies that were already coating the carbide inserts and cutting tools and said, Hey, can you coat these parts for us? Interesting. Yeah. And then finally we've got this one, which is our new color for this year. Uh, this really nice blue, we call this one Azurium, really cool color. And it has a, a, a kind of a unique characteristic to it in the regard that, uh, you can change the color of this by heating it up. So heating it up uh, with a, a torch, which most people have, if they have one of these devices, as it gets hotter, the blue kind of fades to a very light blue and then it starts to take on a gold color and then it'll turn pink and then it'll turn magenta and then dark blue and then eventually green as it keeps getting hotter and hotter. And we develop more of an oxide nitride layer uh, created by chemically changing with heat the PVD coating on this device. It's really kind of fun to watch. Okay. So this brings us to the concept here. Uh, I mean, we, we, now we know a little bit what it is, but you're competing with first, you're competing with people that just 
smoke out of a pipe out of um papers Mm -hmm. out of a bong and you're competing with other types of vaporizers that use batteries that use you plug in and your product you don't have to plug it in but you still need a a heat source uh to do it so you need a lighter you need an induction heater um why why is that better than just having it all in one and and just using electricity you know with a battery in it well uh there's several reasons for starters size this thing is very very small and even if Mm -hmm. i take this and i combine it with a lighter it's still a pretty small package fits in most people's pockets very easily and if this lighter runs out of fuel or breaks I can stop at just about any gas station and pick up another energy source and my device still functions. Uh, for okay. people that are very active outdoors, hikers and bikers, uh, we get a lot of positive feedback from those kind of people that they really like these kind of devices because they're extremely small. They're very lightweight. And if I drop them, whether I drop them on the table, drop them on the floor, drop them on the ground, on the concrete, back over with my car, uh. it still works. So the durability, that's a huge thing. Well, the durability is, is one of the, the more significant factors in terms of differentiating devices that we make versus the battery powered ones that are out there. Okay. I feel very confident that with just a little bit of care, this device is going to be completely functional, uh, really on order of the day that it was manufactured 20 or 30 years from now, you know, about the only thing that's realistically going to potentially wear out are the O-rings that are used to hold it together. An FYI to our thousands of listeners out there. We're always looking for new show sponsors, new ideas for episodes, and feedback. Obviously, positive feedback is nice, but if you have some constructive criticism, it's also really good. Feel free to send emails to the contact info on todaysmachiningworld.com. If they're interesting, maybe I'll read some on the air. This one you're making now on an index or a Traub or a Citizen, one of those? Yes. Uh, so this component here, the tip, uh, is machined on an index multi-spindle. Wow. So kind of a fun part. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the Ferrari of screw machines. I guess the Germans would say it's like the Porsche. But <laughs> So, okay, so you've got durability. It's interesting. It's... Uh, there is a certain simplistic beauty to it. And this brings me to your challenge that I see. This is still something that I'm, I'm assuming maybe you have competitors. I'm, I'm not sure, but I mean, it, it's, it's something new. It's something different. And on the one hand, that's a huge advantage because you're not competing with the crowd. On the other hand, you've got to persuade people that this is, what either they should be using or this is a another thing you can do that's that's enjoyable and that is a a great challenge as well maybe maybe even harder i it makes me kind of think of like some of the old like apple products now they probably do it less but it was coming up with a product people didn't know they needed uh until you gave it to them so one of the things that I see your company doing really well is marketing. Um, and you market a lot through videos and 
I wanted to talk to you about that. Okay. Would you say videos is one of the significant, most significant ways you promote your product? It just seems like you put a lot of emphasis on it. Uh, we certainly do put emphasis on it, but I would say it still falls secondary because people need to discover the product first. Once they discover it, then the videos are there for support. And that's why I consider them to be secondary because we need that introduction. And I mean, how often do you get introduced to a video? Not really. You know, you get introduced, I, I would say the products that you tend to be the most interested in are the products that you tend to get introduced to on a much more personal level. If that makes sense, you know, your friend got one of these or mm -hmm. their friend got one and you're over visiting them. And so you, you see it and you touch it and they talk about it and they describe it. So I would say probably one of the most significant things that we have done and have focused on from a marketing perspective is really trying to grow, develop and nurture the relationships that we already have with the customers that we already have and uh. them with the ability and the resources to convey and converse with their friends, what our product is, what our company is, what we stand for, and what some of the advantages are beyond the fact that we make a small durable device. So you're saying that seeing a really interesting video online, it might make somebody buy it, but it's not the way your data, I'm not sure if you have data on it or if you're just inferring it, this is not what you, you believe it's more just from other people influencing other people in person experience or even indirectly. So for example, if you're familiar with Reddit, mm -hmm. so we have a subreddit on Reddit for people, for our audience, some of our audience doesn't know what Reddit okay. is. Give us the 32nd version. Okay. So Reddit is a compilation of just current things that tend to be going on. So if you want to see some other people's opinions and or pictures of an event, it's probably mm -hmm. on Reddit of a product. It's probably on Reddit. And as the products and the events become uh, more noteworthy, there tends to be more people posting information, pictures, commenting, and providing feedback uh, because a lot of things are just happening in real time. Right. And you think people that people give that more credit than say Facebook or Instagram or YouTube? When we look at uh, some of the conversions uh, through our e-commerce website, uh, we can see that Reddit is probably the, one of the most significant contributors to people trafficking our website that are converting into uh, purchasers. Interesting. So they go there, whether they're looking for us or they just happen to come upon us. And then they see that there's a whole community that's developed around our products. And, and this is where things get even a bit more interesting though, is that uh, it's not just the products that we manufacture. Again, for the people that are watching, I'm going to just take this device apart, just kind of pull the tip right out. Right. And what, what you're going to see if you're looking at it and if you're just listening is that on our tip, there's just a couple O-rings that are compression fit. So I can just push and twist and then reconnect these, these components without any threads. And what that enables is enables third party makers to take a piece of wood and machine it and make sure that the bore on that piece of wood is the same size as the bore on the stem that we make on one of our CNC machines. And now I can pop this tip off of this device and I can put it on an aftermarket stem that someone else made. Ah, so it's open source. So the components 
to a degree are open source and we actually encourage people to make things and we have shared dimensions as well as even shared uh, raw materials that, Hey, you want to make your own? Let us know. Uh, we're happy to share some of our raw material with you for you to add your, your special touch to it. Right. But the, the main part is still made by you. Yes. So the high precision components like the tips and the caps, we still manufacture those, but we do encourage people to make aftermarket accessories because it allows you to customize and configure your device to more suit your taste. Mm -hmm. And so this really grabs people's attention when they're just out on the internet looking around and they find that, Oh, someone took and made a stem that's a little bit longer and it's got some inlays in it. It's made out of some exotic wood and fill in the blank. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, just type in Dynavap into any search engine, click on images and scroll. It's really kind of cool. Wow. Very interesting. So for most of the people listening to this don't, you know, they don't know the prices, the prices, it's the starting price is what, like $87, I think for the bottom. No, 75, 75. And then a little over 80 with shipping, but okay. And then how high does it get? Uh, our top of the line model right now is around 180 to $190, depending on how it's configured. I think so. What you're saying is like, if you're going to convince somebody to pay a lot of money for a product. I mean, it's a lot. Yes and no, you know, but when you figure you could buy some papers or whatever, or buy a battery one that might be less money, it really does help to have a community and to have people showing you it. Oh, it does. And it seems, it seems like, have you, are you familiar with, um, with Robert Cialdini and influence like social proof? No, I'm not familiar with that one. Well, there's a guy named Robert Cialdini. He's a social social psychologist, and he wrote a book um, a while back called Influence. And there are a few major ways of influencing people, and one is social proof, and one is proof of authority. Mm. So, you know, it's like if you look at a menu, there's the chef's choice, right. and then there's the one that's like the most popular. Mm -hmm. So you have tremendous social proof, and it's like organic social proof. That sounds like kind of, you know, one of your major special sauces for success. I would say that it, it is far and above the most important component of it. And I didn't realize it at first. It just as getting started trying to figure out, you know, how do I get people to try these things? How do I get people to you know, give it a go? Give me some feedback. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like. So we can continue the refinement process of the product development. And it seemed like the more that we supported the people in the community that had these devices or were interested in them, the more they liked the devices and the more they were willing to share them with their friends and it just helped things go. And it just kind of got the whole cycle kind of going around and around. And it seems like the more that we engage with and support the community, the more our company grows. This is one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about. I mean, okay. So you go back to the videos, which I see now is, that's more to sustain and make sure people are getting the most out of their products. But it seems like you are in a great deal of the videos. Um, and you are, I don't know if you're on the forums and stuff now, but you put a huge value. It seems like on yourself being put in there and you yourself 
interacting with the customers. Is this something that you're just, you're just passionate about, or do you think this is also this one of the secrets of having, you know, the creator be with the customer? I, I think it's, it's kind of both in the regard that do I care about this? Absolutely. And I think people can really sense that a lot more than what is generally understood. You know, if you think you can fake that you care about something that people are going to believe you, well, they might play along with it, but the reality is I'd say a good percentage of the population can read right through the BS. So it seemed fitting that, okay, I, I'm very familiar with the product. I care about the product. I care about the customers. I also care about how the product is conveyed to the customers. It just only made sense for me to be actively participating in the conveyance of the information and the delivery of the message. I, uh, yeah, I, I watched a, a bunch of the videos and a lot of what you're doing in the videos, it seems like is teaching, helping people get the most out of the product. This is, this is one of the main focuses of the videos. I agree. Uh, education is a key thing because if the goal is to get people to have a invigorating and empowering experience with this device, it's most likely to occur if they understand the function of the device and how to utilize it. I mean, I think to be honest, I probably could have benefited from watching some of the videos when I was using it. I, I am sorry to interrupt you. But. It's all good. Uh, you know, it's funny because it seems like it's an incredibly simple device. And the reality is it is, but so is a chef's knife. Yet how many people know how to use one of those correctly? I mean, look, I see the value in that. Number one, it's, it's, it's different. It's interesting. Number two, it's durability. Uh, there's a lot of things, but the thing that I find so interesting is on the one hand, it simplifies a certain thing. And on the other hand, it complicates it. You're making somebody who wants to go out and, and relax and probably be doing other things while they're doing this. Maybe, maybe they are just sitting around and this is the focus of what they're doing. However, you're complicating their life in a way you're making this thing harder. So that is a really fascinating thing for me that you can give people, you know, a, a, a device that takes their focus, takes a little bit of brain power to use, probably not much brain power after you, you get used to it. And I think that's just a really fascinating thing. First show people something that they don't know how to, that they've never seen before. And second, you're kind of making them do a little work with their brain. Learn a new skill, right? You know, draw a picture with your non-dominant hand. It feels uncomfortable at first, but if you keep doing it, you can become much more proficient. But do you have people that come to you and go, yeah, maybe I could learn how to do that, but it's just easier to do this. And I, I that's not what I'm, I'm just, I just want to, you know, go party. How often do you get that reaction? Rarely. And again, this is, I think, why we put such an emphasis on developing the community and providing as many of the resources as we realistically could so that that community has them at their fingertips. You know, packages showed up in the mail to some person that just was reading about it online, doesn't have any direct friends that has one of these things. They've watched a few of the videos. They kind of know what to expect. They might even look at the instruction manual that comes with the device before they try it out. And so then they can try it out. And when it doesn't quite work the way they expect it, then they go on Reddit and they read some reviews and why is it not working? What am I missing? 
and they have those resources available to get through that initial learning curve. Well, it seems like the, the, what I'm really getting from this is create a community and then enrich that community. That's like the, one of your secrets. I think that is an incredibly important part of bringing any new product to market because who are you really selling to? Who are your customers? If your customers don't know who you are, then why are they buying from you? Right. Do you feel like you were lucky in order to get that started? Absolutely. Yeah. What is something you learned uh, in the last week? In the last week? About uh, anything. Sure. I, I learned that uh, travel from Europe to the U.S. is a piece of cake right now. <laughs> no quarantining? It, it, was, it was pretty wild. Um, George was in Amsterdam this week, by the way, everybody. Uh, and, you know, for anyone that's out there that's concerned that I'm out, you know, spreading disease, that sort of thing. Uh, I didn't really go anywhere after I got back and uh, I did submit myself to a COVID test on Friday and I got the results this morning and I was negative. Got to be careful of those dirty Dutch people. Oh, I wasn't concerned at all. You know, and I'm really happy to say that I traveled all the way there, spent almost two weeks there and came all the way back commercial airlines through airports and no issues, no concerns. So, all right. Well, that is something that a, a lot of people would find interesting right now. Do you have any other advice for somebody who's got an idea for a product or they're, you know, they're coming out with something and maybe it's not as innovative as yours. Maybe it's somebody who's got, uh, for instance, I talked to a guy who wants to make, um, start a high end watch company. He's starting small. Mm -hmm. Um, he's a watch repairman okay. right now. Okay. And so he has some skills and then he wants to, you know, sell watches that cost a thousand, a couple grand. Do you have any recommendation for somebody like that? Uh, the biggest recommendation I could have is talk to people that, you know, see who would be interested, find some forums, right. That discuss mm -hmm. these kinds of things and get yourself engaged in the community first. Thank you, George. Thank you, Noah. From today's machining world, this is Swarfcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to the show on your favorite app and give us a five-star rating and review. And don't forget to tell your friends. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and todaysmachiningworld.com to join our mailing list, read episode summaries, and watch videos of extended interviews. I'm Noah Graff. My occasional co-host is Lloyd Graff. Our managing editor is Ridgely Dunn. Our audio engineer is William Steffi. For information on advertising or to submit an idea for a future podcast, follow the contact information at todaysmachiningworld.com. 